Daryl, if you ever bring me inferior toilet wine again, I'll be forced to shank you in the showers, and you know I don't want to do that. I like being cool, boss. Hey, King, I am so sorry for leaving you here so long. Oh, no problem. It allowed me to experience firsthand the failings of the prison industrial complex. Yeah, fresh fish! Now, fellas, look, I know it's just in fun, but what the fuck did I tell you about that word? Oh, yeah, sorry, King. Ooh, sorry about that. Oh, they're learning. Baby steps. Right, Harley? I will kill each and every one of you with my bare hands if I have to! <laughs> I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, Big Vinegar himself, Lars Periwinkle. How's it going? Hey, money, how's it going? I'm doing good, man. I uh, I actually, I thought I might pull a page from your book, if I can, oh, and uh, try to class up this joint a little bit to start. Uh, if you remember, I know you remember, but uh, on a recent show, you started by reading some poetry. That's right. Yeah, I, I dropped some some mad poetry jams. So I thought I might do the same if that's all right. Oh, nothing nothing would make me happier. Okay. So, <clears throat> all of our slumbering feelings are gathered, quickly wishing for tomorrow. The light that calls us all together is waiting to be set free. Strike them down cleverly. Let it look like you were deceived. The world isn't simple anymore. It's on a countdown to chaos. Leave that never-stopping snooze button alone. Break it. Time to smash. In despair, I'll finally notice it. Thought. You know. So that's a little sample. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to meet that with silence, but that was a lot to take in. Yeah, I mean, I think it deals with a lot of like what we're dealing with these days. And I think it really speaks to, you know, the current environment that we're in. Yeah. Oh man. It could, um, uh, who's the author of that? That's by uh, T.M. Revolution, uh, and it's called "Time to Smash." Oh. <laughs> and I should be clear: this is in English translation. The this is not uh -huh. originally in English. Uh, perhaps you do you want to hear the original? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I didn't know that was an option. Please. All right. All right, hold on one second. You would have thought I would have had that queued up by how I asked if you wanted to hear it. <laughs> we do what we can. Oh, <laughs> 
谁看你都能看不见下来，你带来的是别好游民，靠着鞋底亚麻的是牛子诺，谁知道你呀呀的句子不不离，奈何的阿莫伊亚兹的他，斯卡拉亚古哈西，有米亚阿的吉卡里乌坦布，多吉哈的是多吉莫拉达鲁，吉多米沙达伊诺沃，亚克萨古塔伊。<laughs> that went on much longer than I thought it would. I hope, I hope, I hope the listeners don't mind because I was enjoying that very much. I was too. I mean, it's a minute, but it, I think they really make the most of that minute. <laughs> <laughs> you need to hear it in the original uh, Japanese. You、it's, really do. Yeah, and apologies for my delivery because it pales in comparison <laughs> to the original. Oh yeah, yeah, not not even not even close. I'm not gonna say you butchered it, but good lord, does that sound good? What is that from? So that is the theme song to、uh, Marvel Disc Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because look, I've been reading your letters, I've been seeing your tweets, I've been getting your emails, and I know you desperately crave more Joel Murphy of Earth One Four O Four Two content. So so there you go. <laughs> You get a lot of emails about that. So many, so yeah, many. Lot, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of tweets. Yeah, I mean, it, if you saw, it's been trending on Twitter pretty much every day. You know, trending, trending, trending. globally. You know, it's everybody's like, oh, we're, we're to talk more about Joel Murphy from Earth One Four O Four Two. Like, where can I see Disc Wars? It's a lot of that. People are emailing you. Yeah, I man, it's some of them end up in spam because it's so many that like my emails like this can't all be legit, but it's it's thousands and thousands. It's a real problem because my inbox is so full with all these letters、uh, that you know I, I'm. It's hard to get through them. You know, it's like the you know the end of those old movies. You know where they they come in with the sacks of mail and they just dump them out. You know, like oh, everyone's yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember all those old. There's so many movies that happened in that was、yeah. a that was a real fad in movies in the yeah because、uh, it's like late 30s, early 40s. It's 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 in a wonderful life, right? Like everyone, it's like everyone. There's each one has a dollar, and Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, I got my money. You know, we're getting really confused with our Christmas movies here. <laughs> They're dump, they're dumping sacks of money, sacks of mail. People just <laughs> dumping stuff out of sacks all the time. You can't tell me that you can't picture Jimmy Stewart yelling about sacks of mail. In I'm quite positive it was It's a Wonderful Life. That was the one.、Right? That is very incorrect. <laughs> He's like Mary. We got to take this to Washington. That's that movie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a different Stewart movie from you from you of all people who had the nerve, the nerve to call Jimmy Stewart to the carpet about his <laughs> acting skills, and now you're just spitting out random. Yeah, you know the one where he he dumped sacks of money onto Mary's desk while he was in a wheelchair and checking out his neighbor. Which is weird because he's super afraid of heights. 
That's all the same movie, right? I mean, he plays them all the same, so I assumed that was just all the same How movie. D- <laughs> I've gotten, I got, I'm not gonna lie, I've gotten super defensive about Jimmy Stewart's acting. <laughs> you know what's a shame is that like Jimmy Stewart's not still in the game now. But to think if he was acting now, he could he could play Elon Musk or he could he could play uh, Bezos, and then he could be like, "I'm gonna go to the moon, Mary." <laughs> okay. I I didn't like that a lot, but that's the best impression you've ever done. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know if I've said that before, but man, your Jimmy Stewart is solid. Isn't that more proof that he's not great at acting? <laughs> what? The fact that I can nail it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's proof that his voice is easy to Im- intimidate. Uh, intimidate. Um, imitate. I, yes, look, probably. I know I give Jimmy Stewart a, a hard time, but those movies are super fun, it's specifically the Capra ones. Like, because I, I think that's it. Like, I don't enjoy him as much in his Hitchcock movies, like the older Jimmy Stewart. But that yeah. young, like, super unhinged manic energy Jimmy Stewart, like, you know, it is Capra. I think got him. Like, I think he knew. I think that's the problem. You don't want to put Jimmy Stewart in like where he can't move around. Like, I, it's, it's. Not since they, you know, Al Pacino was told to be real sleepy in that one movie. Has anyone really, yeah. like, <laughs> looked at what an actor's thing was and was like, you know what we're going to do for this one? You just sit in a chair and stare out a window. Ah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. Capra did um, get him. And the, look, the big follow-up, the big follow-up to um, Capra's uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington was It's a Wonderful Life. And they didn't collaborate again because It's a Wonderful Life bombed. Yeah. It well, was isn't not, that... It, was, it wasn't until the um, the um, royalties on it went to zero dollars that they started showing it on TV and it became a holiday classic. Right. Yeah. That's what I that's what I had heard, too, that, yeah, basically, <laughs> we only think it's a classic because it was so cheap to run on cable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Which but I, yeah, no, it wasn't. Look, it wasn't great to just stick him in a wheelchair because he you're right. He doesn't do a lot of face acting. <laughs> he that, should be he should be up uh, up and at him, probably. Yeah. I will say rear window is probably the strangest jimmy stewart performance um maybe it is but it's so good it i'm not i'm not carving this into stone but it it might be my favorite oh. Hitchcock movie oh see maybe. i maybe maybe yeah i don't i don't agree. i really i really enjoy it they, they were running it at a at a movie theater here one summer and i could not wait to get in there and see it on the big screen i had never seen it um in the theater before because I, I really like that movie. But the thing is, I think Hitchcock was smart or someone was smart because they said um, he might not be too great at acting in a wheelchair. But um, we have Grace Kelly and also outfits to put on her. Grace so, Kelly is very charming in that movie. Like, yes, for sure. Yes, uh, but yeah, I actually I think I prefer him and I prefer like I think overall I like Vertigo uh, more because I also think it really works like. He's just such a creep in that movie. He's like, you know, yeah, he's a giant weirdo having a, yeah. a psychological break. Yeah, like he is not doing. Also, man, it's just to sit here and just talk about all these old movies that I have all watched them recently because I got into uh-huh. this old movie kick. But uh, 
the end of that movie, like that's I think the knock on Vertigo is like, you know, not to not to second guess Hitchcock, but that that ending is kind of out of left field. <laughs> it is. And it takes so long to get there. God yeah. Damn. That's a long movie. Yeah, it is. Like, I liked so much of it. And then the ending, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Which is a weird thing, like, to go back to Mr. Smith Goes to Washington might have the most abrupt ending of any movie I've ever seen, where it's just like, it's, they're just out. Like, it's just, and back then, that's when they front loaded all the credits. So it's just like, he collapses. And then the, and the guy's like, oh, no, it was me. I confess. And then it's like, the end. Like, just hard out. It was like... Is that how it happened? So he... Because I, I don't remember. Cause so he's he's doing the filibuster, and then he passes out, and then the other the guy. The well, the other guy, like, that was, like, his idol that he finds out is corrupt, like, runs right. in and is like, no, everything he said was correct, and I'm bad, and arrest me. And then, like, out. That's it. Fuck. Like, it's so... It's so jarringly, like, abrupt. Yeah, that's... That's weird. It's that's it's a, that's a strange way to end a movie. No, I had that because I had never seen it before until this past year, and I watched it and I liked it. But then it's like the words, the end came up on the screen, and I felt like I was like, like it. <laughs> so we don't know if he like co- collapsed and fainted or if he just died. I think Did he, he died. Keel over and die. I think he died. I'm pretty sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Is he? Oh, <laughs> no, I actually, I think I ended up reading after I watched it because I was very confused by the end that I think there was a longer ending and then it didn't test well. Like people felt like it dragged. Oh, so they were just like, the fuck it. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> this has everything that we need. Like it's, it's cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That movie uh, is the most unrealistic of all the Jimmy Stewart movies because it revolves around a senator being like, I'm having a crisis of conscience. <laughs> like, I've ah, been wrong ah. and I'm going to confess yeah. to it even though no one has caught me. Oh, I, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a small town guy who got this seat in, uh, in Congress and, oh, I just found out that this job is basically nothing and I can make a shit ton of money accepting bribes from people. Well, that's unacceptable. <laughs> Yeah. What's also that movie is utterly bizarre if you've never seen it, because the reason Jimmy Stewart gets that job is because the it's it's like the governor, right? Is that who would have appointed it? Because like the guy dies that has the seat and then it's okay. Governor. Am I right that that would be who would appoint it? Mayor, someone, whoever is in a no fucking clue. I'm not going to pretend to know. But whoever whoever is the like politician who gets to appoint the replacement senator okay like the the evil guys come in with their bags of money and are like well you have to find a corrupt guy and then he's having dinner and his children who are boy scouts are like you know who you should hire this guy that all the children love and Uh and then that's who he hires okay it's real weird (laughs) good lord yeah movies were wild back then they were (laughs) yeah they were they were wild. I think it's because they were like, I don't know. There were a bunch of new ideas. <laughs> well, but and, like, it was, and it wasn't like we weren't just like plucking villains out of cartoon movies from 30 years ago and giving them their own franchises. Right. Yeah. We were trying to do something original, maybe even trying to yeah. say something, you know, about yeah. like <laughs> the way the country works. Lord be Jesus. Uh, well, but speaking of movies now. 
Uh-huh. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about, we got two different comic, which I'll ask you, dealer's choice. Which would you rather Ew. talk about first? Because we should talk about both of them. But okay, uh, do you want to talk about Suicide Squad? Or do you want to talk about uh, Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit? Because <laughs> I'm in, I'm fascinated by both of these stories. Oh, yeah. I am. Um, let's do the latter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I, I am so firmly in her corner, you wouldn't believe. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, just, I, I assume people heard this because it was pretty big. Oh, okay. You, you yeah. do believe. Okay. You do yeah. believe. But, uh, yeah. So, Scarlett Johansson, if you haven't heard, she basically sued Disney because she was like, I signed a contract that said I get a percentage of revenue from how many tickets are sold to this movie. And then you released it on Disney plus meaning that like, you know, you released it in a different format at the same time that it was in theaters and it didn't make as much money as all of these previous Marvel movies. And uh, so we should like, that's, you know, that's not right. Like you can't simultaneously do both. If my income is dependent on how much it makes in ticket sales in theaters. And what's fascinating is because I'm with you, I'm completely on her side on this, but like Disney gave a very insincere response where they're kind of like, how dare she in these times of COVID uh-huh. Like, I guess Scarlett Johansson doesn't care about your health. <laughs> like, as if that the, the people who opened their theme parks during <laughs> the pandemic are suddenly very concerned about the safety when it comes to their money. Yeah, yeah. D- Disney can blow it out their ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> I but, know, and I know no one's blowing anything out of anyone's ass. But seriously, I. I read uh, the the first I heard of this. I read a headline that said um, Scarlett Johansson sues Disney over the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus, and I was like, I I know that whole story already. I know yeah. exactly what happened. Is she um she was to have a percentage of the box office. They charged thirty dollars for it on Disney Plus and took that money and put it in their goddamn pockets. Yep. That's exactly what they. Of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> well, and I mean, here. So, like, just to to you know, take a step back. Like, I actually, you know, I find this time interesting. I think you know what Disney Plus is doing and what HBO Max is doing. It makes sense from the perspective of where we are dealing with a pandemic. Uh, it is they're both doing it, let's be real, to boost their streaming services to try to get more people to sign up for them. And I totally understand that. The thing is, like, this was inevitable. Like, you you signed a contract in good faith and then completely changed the terms of, you know, how you released a movie. <laughs> like, we're going to give you all of the money that's made from it. Like, just picture it this way. Like, back in the day, where you're going to get all the money from a theatrical release. So, we're releasing it on DVD first. <laughs> like, just straight to DVD. You know? But you get all the money from the box office. You can you can put it to the public however you want and spin it how you'd like. You signed the contract, though. You know right. what I mean? Well, there, I've been I mean, on, like... I've had a lot of, I shouldn't say I, um, my wife, Julia and I have had a lot of, um, you know, we're first time homeowners, you know, we've only been in our house for a year. We've had a lot of things go wrong. We've also had a lot of things that we'd like to do. Um, and you, you, you give, you give money to someone, um, 
because they say they're going to do a thing. And when they don't do that thing, you become absolutely furious because you said you were going to do that, though. That's right. why we entered into this whole deal. It's like you I didn't I didn't go up to a random person on the street and say, would you please do this? No, you you offer this service. You say it costs this much for that service. I give you the money that you asked for. And then when that service has not been provided, um, I am upset about that. And then you tell me you're being unreasonable. Why are you so pissed off? Yeah. Well, wh- wh- what do you mean? <laughs> you said you were going to do the thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally like the numbers. The numbers are ludicrous. When you talk about what they've made, what she tended to make, what she did actually make. And then they people say she should just be happy with that. Fuck all that. It was a contract. Yeah. And you broke the goddamn well, contract. Yeah. And if you picture it like, okay, say that you were you're having a bake sale. You like Lars and I, we're going to have a bake sale and we just we decide to split the profits. Right. And then Lars goes like, okay, we're going to split the profits from this bake sale. And then he sets up across the street from the bake sale, another bake sale with <laughs> half of the food that we both made. And is uh-huh. like, well, but that's a separate bake sale for me and i get all the money from that one because it's not the one that we agree like you can't like you agreed to share the profits and then gave the movie away in a different format that you didn't have an agreement like it, plus not to mention i mean there's the disney plus thing but also the other factor is because it's on disney plus it is super easy for people to pirate it as well. So it's like you get the people who are paying thirty dollars which thirty dollars is oh man didn't even think about that no, they said it's Black Widow is like one of the most pirated movies right now because of course it is. Like if you think about it, like once it's on Disney Plus, one person pays the $30 and then finds a way to like, you know, record it and then uploads it on all those sites. Like of course it's bootlegged, you know? Like uh it, it so yeah, I mean and also yeah, it's the real question, because I have, again, we are not lawyers, Lars and I. I'm sorry if we convinced you that we were. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, like, th- that is the whole thing is, like, what Disney's going to try to argue is that they didn't break the contract, but it's, like, reasonable expectation of, like, well, every other person who signed this contract with you, this is how the movie was released. It was released in theaters for an exclusive window where only theaters had access to it. Then after that amount of time, then it went to video on demand. Then it went to these other places. Then it went to DVD. Then it went streaming. That's how every other Marvel movie happened. And you did it differently this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it, <clears throat> according to this is all alleged. I haven't read this contract, but apparently in the contract, allegedly <laughs> in the contract, it um, it said that it was going to be in theaters only. That's why we that's why we waited over a year for it. You could have put it on Disney, but you could have made another contract that um, made sure everyone got paid the way they were they were supposed to be paid and put it on streaming. A year ago, you didn't do that. You waited for theaters to open and right. then you put it in a theater and your goddamn streaming service. You knew what you were doing. Right. You wanted to put more money in your pocket. Right. And, well, you can see the difference between how much it made and how much other Marvel movies made. You can see the difference in how much it made and how much F9 made in theaters. Uh-huh. 
You know, it, it's just like and I think they thought they could get away with it because not every place is fully open. Also, not a lot of people are, are still super comfortable uh, going back to the movies and stuff like that. So the numbers are going to be a little skewed from what they were pre-pandemic. So I think they they thought, well, well, we'll just put it on the streaming service. That'll all be our money. The numbers don't look great at the box office. Um, but you know, none of the, we can just schluff that away under this is pandemic stuff. You know, the numbers won't be the same. And I guess let's just hope that we don't get sued by the star of this fucking movie. Right. Which I think, you know, it, it already kind of seems like it is probably going to be the first of many of these lawsuits. I, I read something else that said Emma Stone was considering suing for Cruella for the same reason, like, cause they also did go that with that it. movie. Go for it. And yeah. look, when you, when you look at it on paper, it's so easy to say oh these poor babies look at these millionaires that missed out on some extra millions of dollars but that's not the point and also it's it's a billion dollar corporation well you know what i mean like this is go go this is this is like no i have no comparison for it as a matter (laughs) of fact go after them hold up like hold them accountable for their fucking actions well that's what yeah the the things that i never understand about this stuff like this is like one yeah like okay scarlett johansson doesn't need the money i'm sure she will be fine however like that doesn't mean that if you sign a contract with her you don't have to pay her because she's rich like that's not how the law works but also this is this is actually important. Like, I don't think that people realize how important this is because she's in a position and perhaps you could even say like a unique position to sue Disney because one, her contract is up. She's not contracted to play black widow anymore. And two, she she has enough money (laughs) to weather. Oh, oh, I don't know what you were going to say, but I was like, she has the uh, like ability to like, because Disney does own a lot of stuff. You don't want to anger Disney. She can afford to, sue them because she's Scarlett Johansson. She will be fine if they if Disney says we will never work with you again. I think that's what people don't think about it from that perspective. And also like her doing this is important for everyone because all of the, you know, people who aren't her, who work on movies, who get compensation, also need this worked out because streaming is the future. And if a corporation is able to say we don't owe anyone money for releasing things on streaming. That's bad for everyone. (laughs) Straight up. Yeah. It's bad for everyone. When a company says, let's, let's work out this contract. Let's write it. Let's have the lawyers write it up. Let's pour over it. Let's, let's debate it. Um, Let's negotiate it, then sign it. And then we're going to do what we want. Yeah. That's unacceptable. That's absolutely unacceptable. And we're going to do what we want. And then if you tell us that that's not like if you sue us for breach of contract, we will personally like defame you. Our first move will be to attack you as a person, even though you have worked with our company for a decade, like making these movies. You've you know, like, look, I mean, you can feel however you want to feel about Scarlett Johansson, but like. She has, as far as I can tell, fulfilled every part of every contract for yep. Disney for 10 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, straight up. Straight up. I, th- I thought you were going to say she's in a unique position because, um, look, Infinity Saga is over. Right. 
Yeah. Natasha's dead. Yes. Well, that's you what, know I, what yeah. I mean. Well, that's what I, yeah, I meant that. Yeah. Of like, she's, she's done with them. She doesn't have to work yeah. with Disney anymore. So there, I'm sure there are a lot of people, probably some people who were in that movie who just signed new contracts who might also feel like they were cheated. And I don't. <laughs> yeah, totally. And look, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take that, but maybe I could. And I've been in this position where you feel like I think I'm getting dicked over, but I really don't want to rock the boat here because I'm okay. Well, like I'm, I'm satisfied with what's going on vis-a-vis this contract, but I think they're they're kind of dicking me over. Right. But I'm ju- I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go with it. But yeah, like, again, we don't know. We don't know what contract Florence Pugh signed or what contract David Harbour signed. But presumably they are just beginning their work with Marvel. So, like, neither one of them can really be upset over this. You know, they can't. Like, honestly, that's the Emma Stone thing is really interesting because I know that like there are at least are rumors if it's not confirmed that there might be another Cruella. Like, she seems more (laughs) like... But yeah, Scarlett Johansson can ride off into the sunset if she wants and never work with Disney again. Uh, so yeah, like that's why I think, yeah, for sure it puts her. But no, I like, I I also just like, it seems weird to go like, she has too much money. She doesn't need this, but not to say that about Disney. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, it, it's all, it's all relative, right? Like, no, the these, <laughs> the money they're talking about is is so is so foreign to me <laughs> like i can't i can't imagine i can't imagine any of them when they talk about what she made versus what she lost versus what disney made versus what they could have made if if it was released exclusively in theaters i don't i can i can comprehend them but they're still foreign to me but that is not the point right yeah i mean this this is a marvel is a franchise that makes billions of dollars like yeah at globally yeah. <laughs> like makes billions of dollars and right yeah um i did see someone actually make the joke i wish i had written down who it was but someone on twitter said like because they you know they released this movie in order to boost their uh their streaming shows that once again natasha had to sacrifice herself in order to oh, save boy. to save hawkeye <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it to touch <laughs> but yeah it's i yeah i'm glad that you and i are both on the same page because yeah i have that of like you know it's a weird it's a weird instinct that i think that people have to be like how dare she she has enough like that people you know especially in in this country <laughs> yeah, yeah no 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 fuck all of that yeah just you no know, get what like i am i am you signed the contract. Yeah. This, that's all it comes down to. Let's yeah. look at the contract. You sign the contract. Let's and they come to us with COVID shit. Shut the fuck up, Disney. Like yeah. that's so jacked up. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think to me, one, I I saw people like lawyers on social media saying like this probably is a contract law case that'll be like taught in law school, <laughs> you know, wow. going forward. But like, um. That also just like it is. Yeah. I mean, streaming is the future. And what's interesting, I saw recently that like one of the heads of I think it was the head of AMC, but like one of the heads of the theater chains came out and was basically like, yeah, this is what we've been saying. Like they supported her lawsuit uh-huh. to be like, yeah, this is also our concern, Um, which I one of the interesting things that I hadn't really thought about that I saw mentioned as well is 
there is actually a difference between what Disney is doing and what HBO Max is doing, like uh, what Warner Brothers is doing, because they both, you know, simultaneously release movies in theaters and on their streaming service. And one of the differences uh, is that they're free on HBO Max. But the other significant difference is so for Suicide Squad, for example, so that is going to be released on HBO Max in the same day, you know, on Friday, along with um, the, you know, streaming and in theaters. But the difference is on HBO Max, it's available to stream on HBO Max for 30 days and then it leaves. And then it still stays in theaters past that 30 days. So it still has the same run in theaters. Obviously, being on HBO Max cuts into that revenue, but there is an exclusive theater window that it stays in, at which point it stops being on HBO Max and you can't watch it there anymore. Then it's in theaters and then it goes through the normal stuff. And then later on, they add stuff back. Like you can see now, I think like Tom and Jerry just got re-added, you know, like okay, where so there is this window where it's available on both. But then there's an amount of time when it still is exclusively available in theaters versus Disney. You pay that 30 bucks. You can watch Black Widow forever, you know, for as long as you also pay that eight dollars to to keep right. your Disney Plus. But like once you unlock Premiere Access, that movie's just in your account. You can watch it over and over wow. again. So so there is, even in the way that they both approached it, there's a significant difference, you know. So I don't know. Point and being, you know, and that and that <clears throat> that also makes it easier to pirate pirate, which is I didn't think about that until you said it. Um but also I don't I don't think and tell me if i'm wrong here i don't I, I i can i can sometimes be naive i don't think because they're on streaming services that there's going to be a significant increase in the people pirating movies i think the no. people who pirate yeah. movies and distribute them that number stays relatively the same. They're just going to they're going to find a way to do that no matter what. No, I th- I would agree with that too. That I think there oh, okay, are people okay. like and again, I this is conjecture, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> yes. uh, because I, I can I don't know I am so unfamiliar with that world. But, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> but but I would guess in my head it works like this, I would imagine that the people who pirate are the people who pirate. Like, you know, there there's a group of people that that's how they watch their movies. Yeah. Um yeah. and they're going to do it regardless. I think the difference is this. It's not that it encourages more people. So like I think there are people who would pay, let's assume that let's assume there is a group of people that would pay money to see Black Widow and there's a group of people that would pirate Black Widow. I think okay. that group that would pirate it is the is a set number. I don't think it grows. But I think the difference is this. If you really wanted to see a movie and you enjoy pirating, I would guess that if it's not available on whatever sites that you get your stuff from but is available in theater, you might pay money to see it in the theater because you don't want to wait. Like, think about, like, Endgame. If Endgame is not immediately available to pirate, but it is available in theaters, I think there is a group of people that might pay to see it in the theater because fear of missing out. If it's not on that site, you're going to pay money because you're like, well, I can't be the only person not to see it. So if it's not available, you might pay money 
But I don't, but I think. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But then I think that that same person maybe sees it once in the theater. And then as soon as it shows up on pirate sites, (laughs) get it from there and watch it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are people that don't even do that. But I think that like, I would guess that maybe there's people or maybe there's people that like will pirate good quality stuff. But if it's a handheld shaky camera, (laughs) like in a theater they might not watch that you know maybe there's there's snobby movie pirates that like maybe and you know there's also um there's probably you know some um some kids out there who end up pirating movies because they can't get into them because they're rated r that's good that is good oh oh my wife just said boo to me oh no (laughs) it was deserved it was (laughs) it's it's Uh, the same thing that happens after sex (laughs) boo (laughs) are you making pirate noises during sex (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i totally i totally am yeah uh (laughs) i would i would not make those noises if she would stop shivering me timbers if you know what i mean Another boo. I heard that shit. one. I think it's getting louder. I don't, think, I don't need this. She's gonna start throwing tomatoes at you. <laughs> All right. Well, can I can I bridge the gap between the the two things uh, that I that I teed, teed up because we're I, kind of there. I already. wish you would. Because so I uh, being I, <laughs> but being the uh, you know the, my dedication to pop culture, my dedication to this show. Uh, to being prepared, I decided to make the choice uh, to rewatch the original Suicide Squad before watching the Christ new one. Almighty. Yeah, have and you have you watched it since the theater? Nope, I saw it in the oh, theater, okay. and then I saw it yesterday. And those I did. The- I did the same thing. I I watched. You know, I don't know. Did we did we see that one together? I don't think we did. I think I was in L.A. at that point. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw it in the theater, and then. When it was available on HBO sometime later, I watched it one more time. I re- I really wanted to give it a second chance. Well, so I have a- also seen this movie twice. Yeah, and that was really my thought. Like, I didn't do it uh, for that other podcast that I have that I'm not going to mention. Uh, I did <laughs> it on my own. Uh, Are you sure? Because it is an honorable mention. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're in Baltimore, so you're already a fan. I know. As we're yes, a yes, fan of favorite in Baltimore. Um, I'm out there voting for it all over the place. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just had that. I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I should at least just re-familiarize myself with what that movie did before watching it. Like, just to see. And um, yeah, I I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, what that movie did was um, uh, take Floyd Lawton, a, a great character, and uh, but fuck him to oblivion is what well, they did. Yeah, what's weird is they're calling a character Floyd Lawton in that movie. They're calling uh-huh. him Deadshot, and he—that's not who he's playing. That is yep. not that character on the well, but also none of those characters are written correctly. There is not now all nah. of those characters have the names of comic book characters I recognize and none of them except for, of course. And I think we can all agree on this. Jared Leto's Joker. He nailed it. That's exactly how I always picture the Joker. So he no notes, but everybody else. I mean, Harley Quinn is a hot topic T-shirt. Like, she just is saying weird catchphrases. Like, I I don't know. 
she honestly, you know how they always did that? Like we fed a bunch of lines into a bot and then it wrote a script. That's how it feels like they wrote Harley Quinn. I, um, and that was Jesus Christ. Despite, <laughs> um, despite their best efforts that the character of Harley Quinn came through. <laughs> it, but I only think that's Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie was meant to play Harley Quinn. And I truly believe that. But here, like, first starters, rewatching that movie, the Joker would never break Harley Quinn out of jail. And in fact, I believe that is a plot line in the Harley Quinn cartoon show. Like, he just doesn't care enough about her to do a prison break to save her. Truth. So that's a starting point. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I want to hear more about this. But just for, um, just so I can say it out loud and have it on record. Because she's back for the second one. Viola Davis is amazing. It's Amanda Waller. And like, uh, that's yes. not a, that's not a, that's not a hugely dynamic character to play, but Amanda, the wall Waller is so integral in so many storylines in the DC universe. And she nailed it. Yes. I would 100% agree with that. I think that she is the only, because again, I think Margot Robbie crushes playing Harley Quinn. I think the character is badly written in that movie. I think if I can take one second just to say, if you have never watched Birds of Prey, watch Birds of Prey because that movie is great and it understands Harley Quinn and nobody watched it because of the the stink of Suicide Squad. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very fun movie. But but it's very fun and she's much better than that. But, uh, But no, yeah. The Amanda Waller, like that, that's she nailed it. That's the only character that I look at and I'm like, you played this exactly how this character should be. You like the writers got it. You got it. Aside from, um, I like, aside from some of the DC, um, cartoons that I watch, which are, I mean, by and large, way better than any DC live action movie they put out. Those cartoons are so much so much fun oh i've been on that kick lately too like i've been watching the um yeah because i watched like the death of superman one and then i watched the rise of the superman one that they did after that like a okay yeah Yeah, you know they used to be um kind of kind of hard to compile because there were some random ones on netflix and then they had some 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 of them like kind of buried deep into hulu like even if you searched for you know dc universe it was still like you had to you had to sort through a bunch of mess to find them but now with hbo max they're all just like laid out and i've been kind of going through them and they're really good the only thing that i i kind of wish they did because what i'm realizing because i just watch them randomly like as like oh this one seems neat it actually seems like there's some continuity like that there there's like at least in some of them they you not maybe not continuity but they use some of the same actors and like okay sure that like it seems like there might be you know like i don't know if they're trying to do like an mcu thing but i noticed that that like watching the death of superman and then the rise of the superman obviously those are back to back but they seem to mm-hmm. connect to some of the other movies i saw as well like the flashpoint ones and stuff too like where they're using the same actors and it seems like they take place in the same world so i kind of wish if there is a continuity that they were in chronological order because i would watch them that way but that's right that's the the, weird thing too right it's like sometimes i'll watch like two two of these short movies back to back 
and one was made you know last year and the other one was made in like 2012 and they, yeah. they they just seemed like they they happened right after uh, each other it was weird but you know i yeah those recent crop of them i really enjoy them uh but yeah how do anyway so but we were oh, talking about, we were talking yeah. about that was for the longest time um amanda waller only existed on the page for me and then when she shows up in um in these cartoon movies I'm like yeah that's i mean that i i see her as i read her yeah which i then think the first gonna... time i the first time i think that they used her was actually in justice league like the the bruce okay. tim just i because i remember her in that like that she would show up that makes uh, sense and cross paths with the justice league and the bruce tim you know that like the one that came after Batman the animated series, but yeah, it's mostly been animated. We've never seen mostly. Her. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna bring a live action version, and it's gonna be Viola Davis. You know what? I am all on board on that. Let's see what you do. It was, it finally came to fruition. It was yeah. like what was in what was in my brain appeared on the screen. It yeah. was incredible, absolutely right. incredible. Yeah, because and, and like is- I, and like I said, look, not a dynamic character. It isn't. It is. It is someone. Who, like, you could have just showed up, you could have been stiff and played it monotone, and it probably would have worked. But the way you read Amanda Waller on the page is, it reads as static, but there is something menacing underneath that makes you afraid of her. And I wouldn't know how to make words come out of my mouth like that, but Viola Davis knows how to make words come out of her mouth like that. Well, well right, yeah, and it's like, even in in that movie rewatching it, like... You know, it. I mean, it's funny to see now. The I did watch like the the teaser. You know, the their very optimistic uh, mid credit scene. But like the scene with her and Ben Affleck is she's so good in that of like because she's kind of she's not saying that she knows that Bruce because he's being Bruce Wayne, but she's not like admitting that she knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. But she's also playing it like I know who you are, and it, like that comes through. And she's also being intimidating to like, she's not backing down to Bruce Wayne or Batman who she's fully aware. Like, it's just like that scene is really great. All the scenes where she's explaining. Honestly, I think the best scene having just rewatched the Suicide Squad is actually the one where they give Deadshot the loaded gun to see what he'll do. Right. And and he's like basically like okay fine this is what I want and she just kind of stares at him and is like I don't care what you want yeah <laughs> oh man oh she's so good yeah but oh, no man. she is she, great she is so good. she's great I will say this and maybe you disagree with me I think that character is not Deadshot but the fact that someone just decided to I mean they should call the character Will Smith I enjoy Will Smith in the movie because he's playing Will Smith and I enjoy when Will Smith is Will Smith he's just not that character <laughs> like there is nothing recognizable think, oh man the, the, watching him perform that part was so frustrating for me in so many ways not the least of which being that I've seen Will Smith act yeah. He's really good at acting. Yeah. But then he gets into these these summer action movies, these blockbusters. Well, and he's he doing the same person every time. And you're yeah. playing Will Smith. I understand that. And maybe that's what someone told you to do. I'm not taking a shit on Will Smith. I like him a lot. 
I wanted to see him play this character. Well, that's you're right. I think we're both saying the same thing in different ways, but that's what I was trying to say is like, I enjoy Will Smith. I enjoy his action movies. He's doing what I assume he was hired to do. Right. It's just what he was hired to do was not playing this character. It was not wrong. What they should have said was, Hey, yeah, we're hiring you to be in this. This is a kind this is an action movie. Look, it's an action movie. And also being released in the summertime, this is going to be a blockbuster, but we need you to do that acting thing that you do so well. Yeah. And I think he, he would have done it, you know? Well, and part of it, too, is, like, that character's kind of a scumbag. Like, I think they, from the start, just made him too likable. Too likable. They have him with his daughter. And, look, that's a that's a part of Floyd Lawton's character here and there is he's got this daughter. But, yeah, look, it's a Suicide Squad. They're all supposed to be scumbags. They're pieces of shit. Yeah, make I, him that Floyd Lawton. Make him the make him the Gail Simone Secret Six Floyd yes, Lawton. Just yes. a cigarette smoking, greasy piece of crap that is fun to watch. Well, you know what? I think this ties into my biggest complaint, having just rewatched this movie, because the one thing that I didn't remember it at all from the first time I saw it. So I'm sitting there, I'm watching it. As we said, Viola Davis is great. I'm enjoying her in the scene. Then she's having a conversation with a guy in a suit. They cut to him. And I'm looking and it's David Harbour. And I'm like, David Harbour is in this movie? He plays guy in a suit that has one conversation with her. And it's like, you made Suicide Squad and you filled out the cast for this movie and you got David Harbour for the movie and you thought the best use of him was guy in suit who says two lines. What in the heck? Like, and it's funny now because, like I said, this kind of does tie to where we're like, literally, we just were talking about the lawsuit over Black Widow, uh-huh. where uh-huh. in Black Widow, he plays Red Guardian and he, like between him and Florence Pugh, both of them are actively stealing that movie from Scarlett Johansson yeah. in various scenes. He's great. You beat them to having David Harbour in your roster by what, like four years or whatever. Uh-huh. And you made him guy in suit because I, 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 I maybe you would agree with this. He'd be a great Floyd Lawton. He, he would be like he. Deadshot is usually a, a, a leaner man, but yeah, no, he'd be a great Floyd Lawton. But be I a great Floyd Lawton. So, okay. see, you know what? The red suit fills out a little bit more. Who gives a yeah. fuck? He would be a great Floyd but Lawton. Because I, I ran through it, I was like. I would literally entertain him playing any of these members of the Suicide Squad. Like, I would... uh, What is it? Flag? Like, is it Rick Flag? Is that the guy? Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah. I'd watch him play that part. Killer Croc? Sure. I'd watch him play that part. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, what is it? Captain Boomer? Killer Killer Croc is is usually a a Cajun, an African-American man. Yeah, but or I'm just Caribbean saying. American man. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, also Captain Boomerang. I'd watch him play Captain Boomerang. I watch him. I watch him do that shit all goddamn day. Yeah, I'm just saying. Did he read for any of the other parts? Like, did you consider him uh, for any of the other? Because he just like it. Just it, I don't know. It really struck me of just David Harbor is in this movie doing nothing. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Uh, James Gunn is friends with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're almost out of time, but I think that's a good uh, place to end it. So you, as of this recording, neither you nor I have seen the new movie. 
Um, That's right. Are you optimistic? How are you feeling about yes. it? I am. I, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I, yeah. um, yeah, I, I like James Gunn. I, the, the trailers look very cool. Um, it, it seems to be getting good reviews, like good early reviews. Yeah. So I, I'm hopeful. Um, yeah. I, and it, you know, like it, <laughs> yeah, it, look, it's no, it's no skin off my teeth if this is another shitty suicide, suicide squad movie, but it, I, I am very optimistic. If, even if it's not great, I think it will be good and interesting. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing working against it is, um, you know, no no shade till Sylvester Stallone, but they're going to have a tough time living up to the King Shark from the Harley Quinn cartoon show because <laughs> Ron Funches is now my like that is now yeah. the voice I hear in my head. Like Funches crushes that if you haven't seen it, like uh the way he plays that character. So, but I love that he's in it. Like I, that does make me really happy. Uh, that we get yeah. To- yeah. He's a, he's a fan favorite. Another, it's another, just, I was, at sorry. Man, the- I was just thinking about how, like the best endorsement I heard of black widow was from Gail Simone, who said, I wrote, um, I wrote the character, uh, taskmaster, uh, taskmaster for years and i think this on-screen interpretation was uh was terrific and then and then we just talked about the secret six gail Simo, and how she wrote king shark into that and she was so good at writing king shark into yeah, that like, like she just her her handprints are all over the shit that well, i all the, the the culture i consume you know well, and I, I do know because I follow her on social media that uh, she mentioned that she actually thanked James Gunn for thanking her in the credits of uh, the Suicide Squad because she was like, that doesn't always happen. So that makes me feel Jeez. comfort because that if he's thanking her, that hopefully means that he did what I would recommend that anyone making any of these movies did. That probably means he talked to Gail Simone about what to do in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> which would be where I yeah, would he start. Would, he would do that because he's a yeah. smart man. He knows what's up. But that was like, again, to get back on this pedestal for one more second. If you've never seen birds of prey, watch birds of prey. But also oh, yeah. if you are ever in doubt, listen to Gail Simone, because I remember when birds of prey was coming out, she talked about the, uh, first of all, she, her and journey Smollett, like really got along with each other uh, when she uh, visited the set. But like, because apparently uh journey Smollett is like a big comic book fan and like, was like knew who Gail Simone was and was like, Oh my God, I have a million questions for you about this character. But she, she did a set visit and she talked about that. Like they invited her to the set and like, they, they also interacted with Gail Simone <laughs> when making their movie. Uh, but no, if you don't, no, like I, yeah, I started this about Birds of Prey and you should watch Birds of Prey. But also, if you've never read Gail Simone's stuff, she's the best working comic book writer that we have. Like, I say that unequivocally, like her stuff is great. Secret Six is the best, like, series that I've read in recent years. This, These are all very significant claims. Yeah. No, she's great. But, I mean, I will agree with you on Secret. Like, especially, um, shit, I'm trying to read everything. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to remember everything I've read recently. Bef- definitely the best thing that's been happening 
in, in DC in a long time. Secret yeah, which six, I, heck, Secret Six was so good. Which I will say, I mean, I love what Tom King is doing these days with Batman. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, so there is good stuff. Uh, but, uh, like, Gail Simone, like, she's, she's great. I, I think she yeah. has, she is someone who has, um, she has such, um, such a fundamental understanding of a character that she can change them while in such a reasonable way that you, you think, yeah, that, you know what, that character has existed for 80 fucking years, but I can see why they would go in that direction now. It's, yeah. She's kind of like the anti Grant Morrison where, I'm, yeah. where it's like, okay, not only was that a good change, but it was a reasonable transition from one part of that character to the other. Whereas, you know, Grant Morrison is just, I'm going to piss on it because that'll be exciting, right? Yeah, no, Grant Morrison's approach is, you know what they've never done before. And it's like, yeah, but ask yourself why. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, what's never happened before is um, uh, Batman didn't just hold a press conference and say, I, I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, but, but Grant, did did do you understand comics? <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, so this is what I was thinking. Batman should have a son. He should run being Batman like a corporation, and then he should die. I, why? Why are you making any of these choices? <laughs> yeah, but why? But why? It was because he was running it like a corporation because his grandfather was Ra's al Ghul. But Ra's al Ghul <laughs> didn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's but uh, but no, I mean, yeah, versus so Gail Simone went, I'm going to write Secret Six. Uh, what the main character is going to be this character, Catman, who was created as, you know, when when people were throwing stuff at the wall to see what was going to stick. Someone was like, well, we have a Batman who should fight him. How about Catman? Look. It might sound silly now, but at the time, that's how everything was done. <laughs> like, let's see what this character does. And he was introduced and then he didn't really catch on the way that other characters did. So then at some point he became a joke. And I, if I remember correctly, isn't it? It's Green um, Hornet, I think. He had become, they did, some writer used Catman as like, now he's sad and he's a joke. And look at him. He's like, he is trying to fight the green hornet, but as a joke, like in the same way that sometimes people are like that guy that shoots, you know, was condiment King. Like we're going to put uh -huh. condiment like or calendar right. man, like someone uh -huh. used him in a comic of like, ha, this is a funny thing that existed before. She took that character and took that backstory. Didn't negate it and went, okay, if he was such a joke, what if he like knew that? And he went away <laughs> to like, reinvent himself and to you know try to overcome the and like that's the arc of the character in secret six is like he was a joke but by the time lex Luthor finds him to try to recruit him he's now become this completely different person in isolation and is coming back yeah. as like a real wild card threat that's a real wild card threat and also he's having an identity crisis right and then <clears throat> i remember it's been man this doesn't happen too often because um, you've been reading comic books your whole life, and so there, you, there was that that magic sort of um those sparkly moments. I'll say when you were a kid and you're reading comic books, and certain panels would show up, and it was like holy shit. And now 
so many years later, you kind of like understand the rhythm of comic books and they don't like it isn't that they can't surprise you. It's just that the surprises aren't so surprising. Like you kind of anticipate things happening. But there was a panel in one of those Secret Six books where um, I'm not going to describe the whole plot, but Catman's having this identity crisis. He's all alone. He turns around. Next page. Batman is just sitting there. Yeah. Not saying a word. And I, that was like, I, I actually kind of, kind of, uh, my hair's kind of stood on edge just describing it. Cause it's like, holy shit, Batman's in this. Yeah. And like, it's hard to do that to like us jaded comic book nerds anymore. But, uh, but Gail Simone can still pull it off. Well, and I remember that, God, I wish I could remember the exact conversation, but I remember that there was a moment, I think after that moment where like Catman was kind of being like, I don't care about Batman. Like he doesn't mean anything to me. And someone had called him out. and was like, Oh really? Catman? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like kind of pointing out the idea of like, you modeled your whole thing after him. Clearly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next letter in the alphabet <laughs> cat man uh but no she was so good at that and i like i one of the things that she did too which she was at way ahead of the curve was uh that she put bane in secret six for a while and like yeah. bane was really struggling because i love that character as i've talked about yeah. way too much but he had a problem of he was introduced in the comics to break batman's back and then people liked him and so he stayed around but what do you do after that he can't keep breaking Batman's back and doing anything less than that kind of makes him, it nerfs him. You know what I mean? Like if he's not, if he's not fighting Batman and almost killing him every time, like, like it's a step yeah, down. No, totally. It definitely like he was definitely like the still big and menacing, but then he decided he was going to take on this father role to Scandal Savage because oh, yeah. Scandal Savage's dad is Vandal Savage, who's a caveman that lives forever. <laughs> like all this sounds very convoluted, but it made so much sense. Well, well, there was that like one that, yeah, so he's, he's trying to reinvent himself and he does that. He becomes this very like paternal figure. Uh, but then also the other big problem, like I said, is that like when he's fighting Batman, he can't he can't really get anywhere. If you put him in the secret six, he can break a lot of people's backs. <laughs> like, yeah. like he He's can go really... around cracking motherfuckers. <laughs> but I like I think that she did a good job of that, of like now all of a sudden we're completely like he can be badass because who they're fighting are these villains that they can die. <laughs> like he can kill people like again. And I yeah. like, but yeah, I think she was really good at like picking characters, kind of figuring out what they were about. And because they were the characters available to her in this book that seemed like DC always kind of approached it. Like, I mean, you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't mess up anything else we're doing. <laughs> it was kind of the impression I got. Like, here's the like grab bag full of characters. We're not using, you can use them in your self-contained stories as long as they don't mess up <laughs> anything. Like you can have this corner of the, the DC universe. And she did a really yeah. good job with that <laughs> of like, seeing what was there and using it all in really fascinating ways. She's really good. Totally. And a, and a lot of people are doing that. They can, <clears throat> they, because it's so vast now that it's, you know, you don't have to, you really don't have to create any new characters anymore. I'm, I'm not saying that, that 
people shouldn't or that they don't. But to to pull up these obscure characters and find a way to make them fun and interesting and interact and um is so um it's such a risk. <laughs> it's such a risk. Yeah. And when you can do it and you can do it well, and lots of people do that well. It just happens to be and I I think I can speak for uh, for Mr. Murphy and myself, that Gail Simone does it um, the best. Yeah, and we're she's talk- our favorite. Yes, and she we're talking about her more niche stuff. She's also done a lot of really great stories with Barbara Gordon. Like, I mean, she. Oh man, that Batgirl run. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. No, she she does good stuff. But anyway, her involvement gives me hope. I I'm optimistic. I like James Gunn. I, I and also, I mean, you and I talk about DC a lot. Like. Let James Gunn do his thing. Why not? What else are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It seems to it seems to me that when we talk about Marvel, we just it we take turns <laughs> saying what we like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. It, it, DC is it's something different. I almost I almost enjoy watching those movies as much because it's just more fodder. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's just it. it it brings up more questions than it than it answers <laughs> or than it satisfies. I, I, yeah, and we're we're hard on DC. I would say that we probably are one hard I mean on. hard on. Uh <laughs> but yeah, for, for starters, I mean Marvel has just been doing really consistent stuff, but I also my first love is DC comics. Like that's what I grew up reading yeah. more. Like I read Spider-Man, but I was mostly DC growing up. Yeah, uh yeah. And so those are the characters I know, but like, I will say it is kind of fun. Like I, in some ways I enjoy how unpredictable they are. And even like, like that first suicide squad is a mess, but like, it's kind of wild that it has 8 million needle drops and like they shot it like a Hoobastank video. Like, I don't know what's happening in that movie, but like there is a, there is a man, (laughs) there is a character on the cover art of your movie, a man who was promoted he had his own poster for your movie. He is introduced, and two minutes later, he is dead, <laughs> never to appear again. Yeah. You did that. It's wild. I don't think you're brave for doing that. I think that's a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. like The fact that joker with the word damaged written across his forehead made it through <laughs> made it through you know do, do people appreciate how many people had to have signed off on that like you know at a company like like dc comics and a studio like warner brothers you know how many people saw that character design uh, and were like yes <laughs> like, so no he had, a, he had an icp uh cover album cover on his chest yeah you know what i, I mean? mean like it none of it worked so i say this sincerely Never stop making movies. Put Ben Affleck no, in because all you of always, them. I mean, it's always a swing. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the idea is, whether, you know, if you like it, you don't, good or bad, whatever the idea is, you do it 100%. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, you need that balance in life. Like, you need your responsible friend that you know where they're going to be, that you can call them up and like, hey, you know. But also, sometimes it's fun to have that, like, wild card friend. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know, maybe they're going to set your house on fire, but, like, maybe you're going to, like, 
go out with them and, you know, like end up yep. meeting a celebrity or like ending up in a rap video or something like that. You, you, ne- you have like no you, idea. Like you, you never hang out with them. But when you do, it's a whirlwind. Yeah, it's a story. It's a story yeah. every time, you know, yeah. so it's you got to have that balance. Uh, but yeah, well, when we, when we post this, we're definitely going to let Gail Simone know. I really hope you're listening to this, uh, Miss Gail, such, such a huge fan. Yes. Yeah. Please keep doing what you're doing. I'm also, I'm so glad, um, that your partner didn't get eaten by that bear when he was in the kayak because (laughs) I follow all your stories and that was an exciting one. Yeah. Also just follow Gail Simone on Twitter because she posts really fun stuff. Like she does even yeah. like fun questions. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll, yeah, she does a lot of like comic book discussion stuff. So no, definitely uh great doing that. Uh, but yeah, Gail Simone is the best. We're running out of time. Uh, I wanted to talk about it, but we didn't get to it, but uh, LeVar Burton should be the Jeopardy host. That's all I have to say about that. Um, I'm in. Yeah. I'm hundred yeah. percent in on that. But uh, yeah, and maybe next week we'll have actually seen Suicide Squad and can talk about it <laughs> instead of talking about uh, Jimmy Stewart movies from. Um, I wish I was. I mean, no offense to you, uh, uh, Joel, but I wish I was hanging out with LeVar Burton right now. I always wish that I was hanging out with LeVar Burton. Like, yeah. no offense. Again, no offense. But Oh, man. Could you imagine? Imagine. You know that question of like, if you could have dinner with it. Imagine if you could have dinner with LeVar Burton and Gail Simone. Come on. That's that's a good evening. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Now I just like, I don't even care if I'm there. I just hope the two of them are friends, maybe. Well, that's like, uh, <laughs> sincere. I saw uh, on the, the LA Public Library posted uh, that Elizabeth Ito, who is wonderful, um, who, if you haven't seen City of Ghosts, I'm just going to keep yelling at people to see things. But I saw that Elizabeth Ito and uh, LeVar Burton were both at the LA Public Library at the same time and took a photo together. And I was happy that the two of them got to interact. Like, that made me happy. That's nice. That's yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm happy for anyone who gets to interact with LeVar Burton because I bet it's the highlight <laughs> of your day. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's the thing, Jeopardy, that you messed up. Like, if I went on Jeopardy and I did a terrible job and I like was one of those people that didn't even win enough money to get to play Final Jeopardy because I was in the negative, I'd be like, but yeah, but I met LeVar Burton. But you met LeVar Burton. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's yeah, yeah, I don't know who have they chosen anyone yet. The they're saying that it's this guy, uh, and uh, his name is Mike Richards. I think for obvious reasons he goes by Mike. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, apparently he was like an executive producer for Jeopardy already, so it kind of seems like they might have had him picked before they did all this like guest oh, okay. hosting, all this stunt stuff. But uh, but when yeah, I, you know when it. When we knew we weren't going to have Alex Trebek anymore, um, um, in my head, I thought, uh, if it's not LeVar Burton or John Hodgman, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. Well, it's just weird because everyone wanted LeVar Burton. So they just, uh, you know, like I, they, they went a different way. Who knows if LeVar Burton even wanted to do the goddamn thing? Well, he guessed, he was a guest host. He did the guest hosting. Yeah, but I mean, maybe he doesn't want to do that for the rest of his life. Like, I don't know. It's like when everyone was really clamoring for Richard Ayoade to be the next Doctor Who. It's like, did, does he, does he even want to do it? Like, we didn't ask him. We just told him that he should do it. Look, he got us all to read books as a kid. So we're all very excited. (laughs) 
Yes, Richard Iowate was always telling me to read books. <laughs> that was like his big thing. When he was read in- books! <laughs> Message for me! Oh, you won, you won back Julia. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, yeah. did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> she, she liked that one. All right. So it's because I was, I was telling a joke that I didn't write. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remember, question everything. And shut up and get a lawyer.
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.